to live so long. We suffer the irretrievable loss of love through death. We abide the profound loneliness of age as friends and lovers disappear from our grasp and are replaced with static photographs mounted high up on our fireplace mantle. I don't ask for condolences or your pity, because I have felt an elemental chart of wondrous emotions during my life. I have experienced the very best and the very worst that mankind has to offer. I've loved and been loved, and that is a great matter. It is all that should matter. It is all that must matter even to you, dear reader. So, as I walk into the fourth season of life, I say, accept love as it comes, and accept love as it goes, because it is the only currency that never devalues us. I leave you now with a small piece of my life, my time in Germany following the last great war. It is a simple story about people searching to belong and survive in a world that was almost destroyed. Cheers. Harry Leslie Smith Chapter 1 1945. The Conditions of Surrender I don't know why, but the winter rains stopped and spring came early in 1945. When Hitler committed suicide at the end of April, the flowers and trees were in full bloom and the summer birds returned to their nesting grounds. Not long after the great dictator's corpse was incinerated in a bomb crater by his few remaining acolytes, the war in Europe ended. After so much death, ruin and misery, it was remarkable to me how nature resiliently budded back to life in barns and fields and across battlegrounds, now calm and silent. The earth said to her children, It is time to abandon your swords and harness your ploughs. The ground is ripe, and this is the season to tend to the living. I was twenty-two and ready for peace. I'd spent four years in the RAF as a wireless operator. I was lucky during the war. I never came close to death. While the world bled from London to Leningrad, I walked away without a scratch. Make no mistake, I did my part in this war. I played my role, and I never shirked the paymaster's orders. For four years I trained, I marched, and I saluted across the British Isles. During the final months of the conflict, I ended up in Belgium and Holland, with a unit that was responsible for maintaining abandoned Nazi airfields for Allied aircraft. When Germany surrendered to the Allies in gutted Berlin, I was in Fulsbüttel, a northern suburb of Hamburg. At the time, I didn't think much about Fulsbüttel. I felt it was between nothing and nowhere. It was much like every other town our unit drove through during the dying days of the war. Nothing was out of place, and it was quiet, clean, and as silent as a Sunday afternoon. Our squadron took up a comfortable residence in its undamaged aerodrome. While I slept in my new bed in this drowsy neighbourhood, the twentieth century's greatest and bloodiest conflict came to an end at midnight on the 7th of May. 
On the morning of the 8th, our RAF commander hastily arranged a victory party for that afternoon. The festivities were held in a school gymnasium close to the airport. The get-together might have been haphazard and the arrangements made on short notice, but there were no complaints because death was now a postponed appointment. Our individual ends, from road accidents, cancer or old age, were to be pencilled in for a date in the far distant future. There was a lot of excitement, optimism and simple joy generated during the party because we were young and pissed on free beer. RAF officers, NCOs and enlisted men marked the passage from war to peace, dancing the bunny hop in the overheated school gymnasium. No one considered or asked on that day of victory what happens next. That was tomorrow's problem.